You are now listening to the Superhero Education Podcast, featuring Professor Eugene Pitchford and Dr. Steve Gurner. We are real educators tackling the real topics in education. Listen to be informed, inspired, and entertained. With no further ado, here are your hosts to the Superhero Educators Podcast. We want to welcome everyone to the latest edition of the Superhero Education Podcast. My name is Eugene Pitchford. We got my man Steve Gurner right there. Steve, how you doing? I'm here. I'm doing well. Ready to get us going with another podcast episode. Very excited for our podcast today. All right. So, so for the listeners out there, this is uh, part four of a five-part series of what we term as renew what schools, school leaders, teachers, parents, and students should consider as school restarts. And Steve, the last couple of shows, we've went through like the process of where we are. We're going to do the E, the second E in renew today, which is the emphasis on health. But Steve, can you just give a, a, a brief summary of the R, the first E, the N? That, that constitutes the first half of the word, first half of the word renew. Sure. So what, I'll even back up a little bit further. So we really talked about the three major reopening options for school districts across our state. And we knew that there were really three options that all schools were going with. Either remain closed with students learning virtually reopen with some hybrid fashion with students learning face-to-face -face and virtually, and then schools restart fully with students in the classroom. And under each scenario, we said there were pros and cons, and as decision makers work out the details of the, re of the return, there are sound educational practices that family must know to promote their child's academic and behavioral success. So we really were looking at five considerations that form a checklist for families. And the word renew is what we want families to remember. And we talked about relationships, the first letter in renew, the R, positive relationships, how those were the hallmark of an effective teacher and essentially uh, helped with the success of students. So we looked at how the teacher could bridge the home and school connection with different projects, culturally relevant projects, family goals, and really look at that two-way street of how families and students can get engaged with the classroom teacher. Because that's the R. Let's go that's to the, the E. R. Let's the go e. to the first E and renew. The E was expert in communication, and we were looking at how communication is imperative, how with all the changes that are going on, it can become overwhelming what we asked that families would ask questions, continue to be engaged with the teacher, get to be in regular contact with the teacher in the school, and that'll really help overcome some of the obstacles that may take place right now. All right, so that's the first E in renew. Let's get to the N in renew. And the N is new technology. So students have, must have Wi-Fi and, and the laptops. So they have to have that ready to go regardless of what plan or what decision the school has going on, the Wi-Fi and the laptops are necessary. And we talked about there was a gap, a learning gap 
between the social economics of where you're at, what community, and what needs you need as far as technology. So teachers are using video conference, online grading, virtual learning activities, and students, families need to be acquainted with that and need to be masters of what's happening so they can be successful. Otherwise, we thought there'd be a larger gap with learning. All right, so Steve, I'm surprised you didn't mention, even before breaking down, or even before, right after the renew, this is also something we took to the local media and we were on channel four, channel six, channel 12, channel 58, sharing aspects of Renew uh, across Southeastern Wisconsin. It was received quite well. You, you, you didn't give yourself a pat on the back right there. That was received quite well. The only obstacle we had was when you put on the bow tie. That got the only negative comments we received during the whole two week process of being on several stations was your bow tie. So we're not going to talk about the hat that you're wearing right now. <laughs> it looks like a little boy hat. <laughs> you, get out the, you get out the boy section? That's great. That's great. Uh, so we probably should jump into uh, well, our emphasis more, on health. One more thing before we go into health, Steve. Just, just something to think about. Because you stated that there were three ways in which schools are opening. Face-to-face, -face, hybrid, and completely online. In my house, I'm not even talking about your house. In my house, all three are happening in the fall. And just the complexities of organizing and managing that is crazy. Because I, I will, yeah, I will be face to face. One daughter is hybrid. And the other daughter's completely online. Like it's it's crazy. Like I never thought I would see this. So it really does stress the importance of 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 renew. I'm living it, and I know I'm not the only one, but I'm actually living it, and it's it's actually a little bizarre. And you have the benefit of your children being relatively independent. There's another added challenge as there's babies younger children where they can't be home alone and and that's another struggle that we're seeing as well that's 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 tough but let's get into the second e ex, uh emphasis on health i i love this one because for me all of the other things are important all the the r the e the n but to me the second e this is where your money is because if this doesn't work, none of the other things work. And Steve, I'm gonna, let's just start with students and an emphasis on health. In my mind, I'm sitting here thinking about face-to-face. -face. So that's where I'm talking, in that space right there, face-to-face. -face. And typically, Steve, your son will have the sniffles. It's no big deal. If it gets worse, obviously, you know, you may take him to the doctor. Doctor give him a little prescription. Your son is out a day. He comes back to school. No one thinks twice about it. I think 
we're going to be on heightened alert. And anything that looks like a cold, allergies, sinus, headaches, fever, that's going to be an automatic quarantine, whether it's COVID or not. I'm not sure it's automatic quarantine. I think what will happen is you'll every school has to figure out how they're going to handle it. First, you have to think about how do they come back? Is there temperature checks as everyone walks through the door? I would imagine there has to be some, some sort of temperature check, some sort of monitoring, first of all, if they're bringing students back. Well, well hold tight. So two, two things. Well, I see automatic doctor's excuse. What do you I see mean, that on the table. Doctor's excuse. What does that mean? Uh, to show that you don't have COVID. Oh. And if it's an automatic doctor's excuse, and there's time in between the test, that leads to a quarantine. I don't think there. You're, you're telling me that you, before students are coming back, they're all going to see a doctor and have a negative result. Too many students, too, not enough doctors for that. Once again, we're proving I have to say to Eugene. I'm right and you're no. wrong. I'm, you're wrong. It, it's not going to happen that way. You couldn't. You couldn't Tell me how out. you see it. Tell me how you see it. You couldn't have that many doctors see that many, many people. It'll be a temperature check. It'll, it'll be coming in. Let's check your temperature. Let's get a, some kind of scan. Green light, you're good to go today. Red light, you need to go home but, yeah, or go see the clinic. So you go to a, so you get to the red light, like you just said. And at that point, you don't know what it is. It could be the flu, cold, just whatever. It could be anything, right? So what happens after getting the red light? Every school will have to decide that. That's where I think you'll, the health clinic will come in and that's where they'll have to get tested in, or the, some in, form of that. And then the in-between time of getting results from the tests, stay what home. happens? They'll say stay home. And they're probably going to say quarantine yourself. Well, they could say that, sure. So I was right. No, you're, you're wrong. You're, you said that every student is going to have to have a doctor before they, a negative test before they come back. That if the red be. light shows? No, no, I'm saying before that. You said before every student's going to come oh, back. No, well, you, you, uh, maybe, I, maybe I missed Maybe I Whoa, missed whoa. Missed or wrong? If the listeners want to know if you were if wrong you, or misled. Miss maybe you mislistened. Miss How about that? <laughs> so... If, but, With the red light, I think something has to happen in between. Well, sure, sure. But that's, that's a given, right? You have to have some, some tests, some, some way to know that you're safe to come back in. But this isn't, this isn't strict school like we, like we used to know it. Everything's, everything's out the window now as far as how we used to operate. Obviously, we used to operate in a very strict attendance or your truant, right? Truant policies. Right, now right greater flexibility in saying, stay home, stay home. If you actually parents are getting to choose their option to decide right. if they want to stay home and do the virtual learning. So I'm not, I'm not concerned that with the attendance uh, or some kind of quarantine, 
I think we have to be concerned with the health when we're talking about students is how does it, how does it become functional inside the classroom that think, a school can continue the learning? Well, you would have to assume there's going to be a ton of hand sanitizer. You would have to assume, and you could be wrong, but schools probably going to have to have a huge supply of face masks also. For the kids who can't afford it. Um, you know what's really crazy that may suck as like suck for the teachers, for the teachers that are on the next level of engagement. This is going to really challenge like group work. And the collaboration is going to have to look a little different. Now, if you were that teacher who had your student seats and roles and you fear collaboration, this probably would, is probably from a non-health standpoint, this is probably your dream. But to someone that's over the top, uh, over the top creative and like to try things and like groupings of kids, you, you do have to, you do have to think outside the box a little bit for some different measures. Um, we even have to look at that on the college level of, you know, things we would, things we could do last semester we can't do now. And so it's, it's going to force, because of health reasons, it's going to force the teacher to be a, a little bit more strategic. But Steve, like, let's, let's go back to what I, something I said earlier. Do we agree on hand sanitizer and mask? Is there something that we're missing? No, I, that's, I think there will be a whole new standard to cleanliness. There will be cleaning, the deep cleaning that a lot of times for various reasons weren't done in schools. The deep cleaning will happen much more frequently than it's ever been. And, I, and you'll have a, a new smell coming into schools that You'll, you'll know it's clean and there was deep cleaning done and, and there was attention and detail to the cleaning. Very positive. That's a, that's a strong positive to have the schools clean like they've never been cleaned before. That's a good thing. And the hand sanitizer and the, and the social distancing. I do agree that the actual methodology of teaching, the pedagogy of teaching is going to take our that's going to hurt because you're going to need to social distance and do less group work, less interactions. I've, I've even seen some things, some models in the classroom to where the teacher space is like taped off and the student space is taped off. So the teacher never, outside of walking into the room, the teacher never goes into the student space, even if it's just, Tap Steve on the shoulder. Hey, I need you to pay attention. Or uh, we, we look at we look at question number five. Like add a little bit more to that. Like just little simple things. Um, it's 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 gonna it's gonna force all of us, especially uh, the teachers and students. It's gonna it's gonna be um, uh, a, a significant a significant challenge. So you talked about you posed the question of student health. What's the indication? of the health of the teacher what should the oh man so that's about? that's a whole nother conversation um and that's where you have 
districts or private school entities, that's when you start seeing the battle for face-to-face -face teaching. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I think it's actually going to be harder on the teachers than it will be on the students. In what ways? Social distancing, uh, restrictions. It's not that the t you can still be very effective in this model. You just got to be super creative. My biggest fear, or one of my biggest fears, is you could have a group of students potentially show no symptoms, give it to you, and you give it to someone else at home. Like, that's just in the back of my head. Now, there's a lot of things that have to happen in between to make that scenario official, but I just see potentially a lot of adults getting, I don't really see too many students getting sick. I see more adults getting sick and then taking that back to their families that's my biggest concern. Like, I just don't see a way around it, how that's going to unfold. Uh, Are I, teachers going to be willing to come back in? And I, we're generalizing here, but when we talk emphasis on health, are we going to see enough teachers wanting to go back in and teach face-to-face? -face? Interesting question, because for every teacher that I know that wants to teach face-to-face, -face, I know another one that doesn't. And it's really gonna come down to the rules and regulations of your district or your entity. Now, the question is, and I'm role-playing here, I'm so against face-to-face -face that I'm just not coming in. Like, is that, like, I think you're gonna have a few cases. I don't think you're gonna have that many. I don't think you'll have that many of that, but what if, if I'm legitimately not feeling well and I need to isolate myself at home because I'm not feeling well, I, you need to find a sub for that teacher. And that happens times five teachers in a building, four teachers in a building, 10 teachers in a building. That's when the chaos is, is going to happen because that will force to online learning quickly, even if a school did not want to. So, so let's let's go back for a minute because there's, there's a there, I think there's an essential question that I haven't heard answered yet from any educational institution for and I'm talking K-12 on up. I'm talking public and private. There's a question I haven't heard answered. And, and the question is for the for the scenario you just laid out. Is that FMLA? Is that sick time? Is there a new measure COVID time to where it don't count against your sick hours? Um, for me, and obviously, I, I'm not the policymaker, but I would love to see something separate from sick time for COVID, like COVID time. Like, and I don't know what the parameters would be for that, but I would hate for a person to burn their sick hours legitimately for something that they're somewhat putting themselves at risk to teach others. Like, it, I, I think it's a... I think it's not a, not a wink, not a pat on the back, but I think it's a good measure by any school entity to have a different option. Because if not, and I don't know how to say this nicely, and I know you're going to disagree, but if not, the teacher is literally putting his or her life on the line. 
So why do you think I disagree with that? Because uh, I just think you would. I, I know you would. With, I disagree with you wearing your bow ties and that collection that you're, that you're accumulating. But I'm not sure uh, I disagree with you there. So I, I, teachers will have to make sure they're taking care of themselves. I mean, we want teachers to be healthy. We want but teachers to be. You don't want to be in the position of. Ready to go. You don't want to be in the position of, you know what? I don't have no sick time left. So I'm going back. I, and remember the flexibility. So there's flexibility that school districts are definitely incorporating in with COVID. And teachers will have more flexibility. Students will have more flexibility. So I, I believe I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I don't know how districts are handling because I haven't heard too much either how they're going to handle what, it. What would be your suggestion? My suggestion as a school district, if I was in charge, I would definitely try to do something outside of the sick, the sick time. I would try to make understand this is a whole unique situation. Because if you had five students or eight students from the from that one teacher, the teacher wasn't able to, you'd you'd have to bring the students online. So I, I gotta you you kind of you kind of just went to exactly to where I wanted to go. I just got a text from CNN and they wanted me to ask you this question. Steve Garner is the principal of Garner Preparatory Academy, which is a Sounds public school. Nice. It's a public school, right? It's not private, it's public. Or it could be public or private, I don't care. It's a K-8 school and there are 18 teachers. At what point do you go to your higher-ups to say, I have too many teachers out? It has my namesake on the building. So I would say you're not giving me full decision-making on that. I'd have to go to my higher-ups. You got, yeah, your job Even is just- my a, name's on the building. Okay, well, the building is called The building is called Information Preparatory School. You're the principal. I'd have a ban on, on teachers wearing bow ties in the, in the school. Inside the school building, it wouldn't be allowed. What, my, what is the scenario that it would, it would tilt it to online learning? It's not even a tilt. It's to address the conversation. I would start right away with the hybrid model. I went, I went. But if you're face to face, if you're, if you're, if you if you're face to face, I wouldn't do the face to face. I would do you the don't have no control right away. There's, there's a board, there's someone over you. There's a central office, central office said all the schools are face to face. So we're face to face. So I would, I would say the minute uh, one of the teachers is out, that class can shift to online. The reason why I asked that question is because um, I know a school, I don't know if it's appropriate to say the name of the school. This is I wouldn't say the name of the school. Huh? I would not say the name. Okay, I'm not gonna say the name. It's, it's a private school and they're banking on students not getting sick, which 
you know, it can go either way. But the minute there's a case, they're going straight virtual. And my suggestion is to go straight virtual then. It's not a matter of if you're going to get someone. It's a matter of when. I guess it depends on... I, I'm not opposed if they, if they start face-to-face, -face, but you really got have to come in with a game plan of going, what is the line? When, what will we do? What's our critical number before we do go to virtual? Can teachers individually go to virtual? Can parents decide right away? There's a lot of questions, a lot of moving pieces. I'll tell I like you one. The transition. Hold on, let me give you one more. One more. One All more. Right. You get one more. This one is in my house because it makes me mad. The school offers face to face or virtual. If you choose to go virtual, you cannot participate in any school activities. You can't participate in any sports. You can't go from virtual to face to face until January. Um, your grades cannot be A, B, C, D, E, F. It's just pass or fail. And I feel like they're penalizing people for going virtual, for choosing the virtual route. It's the, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, I don't like that either. I, I don't think you should have, it, it can't be two, two types of students. One gets everything to full capacity to the school and the other student gets penalized or gets here's, a lesser version. Here's the kicker. You can only come back into in the building only for church. That is a problem. That is a problem. That's, I'm glad you brought that up because as schools start developing plans and they're looking at how do we, how do we do this hybrid model, they really have to think through that the students need the full capacity and high quality regardless of what option they have. You can't limit it and, uh, and say certain students shouldn't have the options that other students have just because of the, of the model. Because again, we're, it's a health, a health crisis that we're in. And so you need to be aware of that. Let's, let's shift into, let me ask you some questions on, as we shift into the mental health. We're talking emphasis on health. We were talking about sanitizing, cleanliness, sick days. Now let's talk about the mental health. And what, what this does with anxiety, stress, of the students, the teachers, the community. What, what are you thinking about when you think about the anxiety and stress and the mental health? There's so many ways you can go with this, but I'll start off. Whether it's face-to-face -face or online or a hybrid situation, you gotta check in with the students. Like we have our curriculums and all that, and we have pacing guides and all that, but we have to make time to literally check in, like how is life? How are you feeling? What are you anxious about? What do you feel potentially hopeless about? Where are you winning in life? Where are you losing in life? And I know for most of us, that's not part of our curriculum, but we have to have these checkpoints from the teacher to the students. But at the same point, the principal is gonna have to have those literally, literally the same checkpoints with the teachers. Because while the teachers are doing it, someone needs to do it to the teachers. And then somebody 
whether it's the school administration or the teacher, is also going to have to have checkpoints with the parents to make this thing work. And I it's like taking. That. I like that a lot. I like that intentional checking in. You you have to do it because if not, you I don't care what model you're in. If you don't do it, you'll never be able to get to the business of teaching and learning. It's kind of like man's Manslow to where you had to have certain things in place before you can learn. Like this is kind of, it's, 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 it's not that title, but it's basically checking on needs. Like there's some things we may have to fix before we teach. And it's not the teacher's fault. It's not the principal's fault. It's not the parent's fault, but it is the current platform that we're in. So I, I think like checking in is huge. And then you've talked about on prior shows, just having a list of resources on hand. Like before we may have diverted this to the counselor, the social worker, the psychologist, um, as principal and or teacher or assistant principal or dean of students, we need to have this stuff at hand. We can't push it off to someone else, not during these times. That's my initial thoughts. I'm gonna I'm let you hop in. I like I like all those thoughts. I I agree 100% with checking in, making sure we have resources, making sure that is one of the initial steps to go forward with. Because the anxiety and stress is real. We we can't downplay that. We don't know. So you're getting news reports. You're getting all this information bombarded with. Uh, the information and, and how it changes constantly. So for parents and others and your loved ones, they do need to be checked in on, they do need to figure out what resources are available for them that they really assist during this time. I'll give you a tricky scenario. Stevie, Steve, Steve Gurner Jr. finished sixth grade online. And he didn't really like the online experience. His parents transfer him to another, to another school. And he starts off back online again. Like that's the kid that you got to check in first. The kids that are new to your building, you have no relationship at all, one way or the other. That's who I'm starting with, right? And then as a principal or assistant principal or dean of students or uh, what's the word I'm thinking, a central office person, how are we checking on new teachers to our building or to our district? Especially straight out of college. This is not what they trained for. All great, great advice. And just needs to be part of everyone's plan. As we're get as we're closing in the end here, let's talk about what do you envision. So we're talking an emphasis on health. We're we're giving the considerations for a renew. This is emphasis on health. What would you say now? As we we have the clean building, we have the temperature checks, we have checking in on the students, the parents, the other stakeholders, make sure everyone's mental health is at a, at a strong capacity. 
what do we do now to get back to making the learning processes fun? Because everything we're talking about is, is important and we're putting all these checkpoints in to make sure their health and safety is in place. How do we get back to learning is fun? What can we do? And that's a healthy component, I believe, is saying that learning, if learning's fun and if it's, it's hard work, but I, as I learn new items, it is fun because I, I feel a certain rush or excitement. How do we get that? How do we get that as a piece of what we're doing this fall? I think the only way you can do it, and there's probably more, but the only way, if, it was, if you're asking me that question, the only way this could be done is with the power of positive relationships. To know when to infuse certain things, to know how to springboard to cultural relevance, to know how to, and, then, and that's going to lead to you knowing the student, knowing their likes and dislikes, and literally infusing that into the lesson. I, I, I don't see no other way. Give me an example of that. Let's get, let's get very concrete. So you're, you so have, I know the students' music, their dances, their okay, slang, okay. their uh, their Hold likes. For a moment, so you're teaching, you're teaching fifth grade. You're seeing them in a virtual format. Now go with how do you make it fun? How do you? So it's a history lesson. I'm just making up something. It's a history lesson, and we're looking at civil rights. It's the first thing I could think of. We're going to find a way to incorporate TikTok. I'm going to find a way to incorporate social media. I'm going to find a way to incorporate students using their, their cell phones or their, or, their, or their tablets. I want to make this real to their present life. I'm going to get their families involved in the lesson. I'm going to try to find a couple of rap songs that maybe embody the message, if, if that's even a, a, a thing for whatever the, the, the content is. But it, it can't be traditional textbook, lecture, homework, start over. Like it, it just, it, you can't do that right now. And I'm not convinced that's the best way of teaching anyway, but you have to have things or resources additional to the curriculum to make it exciting. Because if not, you're going, to get, you're going to get defeated by COVID-19. You're going to get defeated by racial unrest. You're going to get defeated by, let me not show my picture on Zoom and let me just do something else while you teach it. Like, so there is competition. Like, they don't have to do it the way we want. You're going to get defeated by opening up your class to teach and only five people have logged in. Like, we have no other option right now. It's my personal opinion. And, that, and that's a health, health issue. If, and I believe if we, if we make learning fun and we, make, and we engage the students in, in the examples that you listed. I don't I do, know if fun is the word. Fun Maybe is the word. word is engaging. Well, engaging at times is a, engaging makes sense, but also I think sometimes we're using it, overusing engagement. Uh, because it becomes like relationships. Everyone goes, yeah, I, I want to engage in classroom. I want to build up student relationships. And the people that are saying that, I look and I go, but they're not building relationships and they're not engaging. So I, I'd like to, I don't mind fun because fun can also have rigor to it. 
if I'm not enjoying it, how can I be online in six hours in a format? How can I be online for four hours if I'm not having some kind of fun with it? Right. If you told me we're going to be on online, you and I talking, and we're going to be on for six hours a day, if we don't make that fun, it won't work. So fun, regardless of what word you use, we know what we're talking about, but I, do, I don't mind fun in the sense of let people argue, well, fun is, is low rigor. I, I don't have a fun classroom. I have one full of rigor. Then I'd say you can have both, right? You need to have both. Right. You know something, Steve, um, thinking about this, and this is going back to an earlier conversation tonight, this afternoon. Emphasis on health. You have a lot of people now that are hypersensitive to health. Like, to the, like for a group of people that maybe took some health things for granted or didn't know or weren't informed, I think you have a population now of students and adults who maybe look at health in a different way now. Like, as, as sad as it is to see three and four-year-olds with a mask, people, it's caught people's attention now. And like, whether you, whether a person agrees with doing certain things or not, it's on the radar. And before it wasn't like, Many things, not just COVID, many things weren't on the radar from a health standpoint. So from that aspect, if we could come out a smarter society on just more health-related things, I think that might be a good thing. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. But remember, there's always it always can swing the other way, too. So that same young child is more conscious about cleaning their hands. Excellent. Hand sanitizer, excellent. Uh, cleaning up their room and their area in the kitchen and wherever they're working, excellent. But then that same student is concerned about it where it's anxiety or stress, and they can't just go out and play and get and get right, get dirty in the mud and play out in the street and 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 play yes, with the dirty basketball. Point. If they're concerned about that. Then, then it goes too far where we go, oh, no, that's, that's hurtful for the next generation. That's, that's a good point. I mean, I guess we can't have it all both ways. That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a very good point. Um, superintendents, now we're talking big time level now. Superintendents, central office, or administrators in the private school setting. You have to have numbers in your head right now. Like, don't think of this when school starts back. You should be thinking about this right now of, of metrics that will indicate if you need to shift from going from one format to the other. Like, please don't wait till the school year starts. Please, please don't wait till the school year starts. That's my biggest fear. Um, kind of like baseball. Like, for me, it seems like baseball didn't really have a, a – a solid plan for what if. And so now they're figuring it out during the baseball season. Like, as best as you can, think these things out. But we got, we got to slowly start closing this show down because Steve's hat is too tight. Looks like he's wearing a little boy hat. <laughs> so we got we to gotta, we gotta start closing this show down. Uh, we always end it with shout-outs and anything we want to promote or, or get out there to the public. Um, I, I want to give a shout-out 
to our book, Superhero Educator. It's on Barnes and Noble. You can also get it, get it, pick it up at Amazon. Um, we we go over fifteen strategies that make teachers spectacular, and I believe chapter thirteen is on health. So that gives you another reason to to, to don't even listen to Steve after me. Just go straight to Amazon and pick up the book Superhero Educator. Uh, Steve, I'm, I'm gonna toss it over to you. Sure. This was an important show today. Health is what we could argue is what's on everyone's mind, extremely important, more important than the educational aspects of everything because you have to be healthy. And I'd like a shout out for the Center for Urban Education Ministries. The Center for Urban Education Ministries is a national organization that is relentlessly strengthening urban education across the country. Get connected with the center at www.cuemnational.org, cuemnational.org. We have professional development for teachers and school leaders, and it's something that you want to partake in, and we're able to offer this due to the supporters of the center, offer this professional development free. So coming up in our in our fall series, we have some free professional development that every teacher and school leader should be connected with. Steve, I don't know if you have this in front of you, but onto that note, I believe you have a session sometime this month. I don't have that right in front of me right now. And I right, we'll talk about that in the next show. We'll yeah. talk about we'll talk about that on the next show. But they'll be able to figure it out if they went to went to cuemnational.org. You could find out what the whole schedule is for the fall there. Okay. Cool, cool. On that, if there's nothing else, um, stay healthy, stay safe, and let's have an outstanding beginning to the school year. We're out. Peace. Thanks again for listening to our Superhero Education Podcast. We hope you gained valuable insights and key concepts to battle the chaos and save the day for all students. Boldly transform lives and be a superhero educator. 